out to be in the house of God this weekend. Wow. I am not going to get over. I still remember what it was like during COVID and we couldn't worship publicly. And I am thrilled to be in the house of God with the people of God, worshiping the God of the house. So incredible to see you. Welcome all of our campuses. We love you so much. Whether you are in person, whether you're online, God behind bars, men and women, are you listening to this message later? We love you. We're thrilled that you're with us. Got an incredible word for you. Every now and then, I will leave what we call a standalone weekend. It is where I just leave a blank weekend. We have a series. There's one before this. There'll be one after this. We typically teach in three to six week series. And every now and then, I just leave a blank weekend and say, God's going to fill that with something. And about a month ago, the Lord began to build a message in my heart. Last week or two, I sat down in my, in my home office, my man cave, and just started taking notes and wanted to share a message that I believe is going to add incredible, incredible value. So uh, you hear me say all the time, I'm God's favorite, right? And you laugh, but I'm not kidding. I really am God's favorite. I mean, the Trinity meets every day in emergency session thinking of new ways to bless me. It's incredible. I mean, you ever hear that beep, beep, beep? That's the dump truck of favor backing up on me, dumping on me. And so, come on. So, so I'm thinking about that, and I began asking God about that. What, what, why, why, do, what, why do I believe that? Why do I see life like that? Because let's be real. Most people don't see that, and most people don't believe that. If you believed that you were God's favorite, you wouldn't complain as much. Come on, are you with me? You'd just be saying, wow. And so why am I so blessed? And God began, I just began thinking, and, and what I want to share with you is really why I feel, or one of the reasons why I feel so blessed. Now, as your pastor, you need to understand something. I'm all in for you. I'm all in for you. I'm all in that you would experience the same love and god all life that I get to live. I'm hungry for you to feel about you the way I feel about me, that, that every promiser walks around every one of us saying, I'm God's favorite, till people are annoyed by it. I'm God's favorite. I want that for you. I want you to walk in his favor. Psalms 90 verse 17, our theme for the year, may the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. But let's be raw and real, come on. Most people do not see themselves as God's favorite. Is that a fair statement? Come on. So let me tell you what I believe one of the greatest keys to having a blessed life, and that is relationships. It's the key to life. You, listen, let me just get real. Let me just go to the extreme. You cannot do life alone and find lasting joy. It's actually not possible. Well, why would you say that? Because it's clear in scripture that God created us for community. And if God created us for community and we're, in, we're not in community, then we cannot experience all that God has for us. Does that make sense? In Proverbs 18, now listen, you don't even have to believe in God, but if you live the book of Proverbs, your life would be better. 
you, without even being a believer. Proverbs 18.1 says, he that separates himself, he that pushes people away, are you with me? And moves into aloneness. He that separates for himself, separates himself, seeks his own desire and quarrels against all sound wisdom. Because all sound wisdom is this, we're better together. Community's better than being alone. So if you're gonna experience the wholeness and all that God has designed and destined you for, you've gotta be in community. And that first step of community's gotta be with God. Because listen, if you don't have that north-south relationship, if you don't have the relationship right with God, it's going to sabotage the rest of your relationships. So now think about it. God just is chilling one day in heaven. God, he himself and him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they decide to create a universe, and God creates the universe. Then he makes the earth, and he says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something special. And so God creates a garden. It's incredible, animals, and then he creates man. He creates Adam. Now, I want you to think about it. How awesome it would have been to be every day hanging out in a garden and God show up every day. The intimacy and communion. Jesus said, if, you gotta, if you're gonna come to me, you gotta, you gotta be like a child in childlike faith. I think that's what Adam had. Innocence, perfection, no sin, heavenly father that provided everything, no fear, no anxiety, no stress, no worry, no disease, no nothing. See, the closer that you grow to God, the better the true life that God designs for you has, will become. So salvation begins the communion. And then for those of us that, that really hunger, we are in this passionate pursuit of God. We develop a growth plan, so we walk through all the doors God designed for us. And the closer we get to God, the ever-increasing level of joy that we experience. Amen? Psalm 16, verse 11, in his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's the God that we serve. It's incredible. So if you're with us at any campus this weekend, you do not know Jesus, let me just say we love you, but you're missing the abundant life. You're not missing religion. Jesus didn't come to heaven to start another religion. There was already too many 21 centuries ago. That's not why he came. He came to build a bridge for us to God so we can have a relationship and commune with God. So Give you an opportunity to meet him if you don't know him at the end. So God's coming down every day. We don't know how long it was because God loves to leave the details out. You ever read the Bible and say, well, I wonder what, I wonder, what, what, we, we, what, what happened here? And how, you ever do that? I'm asking questions all the time. What happened here? I don't understand. The donkey's talking. and What, what, what? what? The angel, the sword. All, it's just I'm saying, God, could you give us a little more? God just laughs and said, no. It's a walk of faith. So God's hanging out with Adam, and then one day God says, it's not good for Adam to be alone. Was Adam alone? No. Adam had God. Adam had the animals. But God said, I'm going to do something even more. And so God creates the first family. He puts Adam to sleep. Adam wakes up, sees Eve, and thinks he's dreaming because he has never seen anything as ravenously beautiful as what he's laid his eyes on. Oh, thank you, God. Look. God, you've done so much, but wow. I mean, look around the room at the dudes. There's some ugly dudes in the house. Come on. I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. But we got some smoking hot ladies in the house. Guys, if you're listening right now, it's the time to say amen in case you dismiss that. I'm trying to help you, Bubba. Come on, work with me. 
work with me. And so God knows that there's so much of our, I mean, the devil knows so much of our joy comes in communion. So the devil's always there to divide us, to distract you from God, divide you from your family. He is a thief. He is the father, Jesus said, of all liars. And he wants to deceive us. See, God himself is in community. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. I'm gonna make man in, my, in, 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 in our image, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He makes man body, soul, and spirit and puts in our heart a desire for community. Does this make sense? Now, I have to tell you, before Jesus, I didn't know families that didn't get divorced. I didn't know family could be good. I get saved, I go to church, and I see family rocks. I had no idea how incredible the joy that my family brings me. My wife, what a gift from God, my kids, you know, and just incredible grandkids. It's, it is so much more than I could have imagined. And that was God's original design and desire for the family is to bring us great joy. But come on, didn't sin stink it up? It, it does. See, so we have to understand the family, the biological family has a potential for incredible pleasure, but also for great pain. Because Many of us would say, my greatest pleasure is with my family, and tons of us would say, my greatest pain came from my family. Because when you open yourself up and you love like that, that's when you can really get hurt. And so most of us have been hurt, and we, re we retard, we back our love off because we don't want to get hurt again. And so we miss so much of the joy of life because we don't want to get burned. It's the reason we do a family series every year. It's the one topic we tackle every year. We typically, from Mother's Day to Father's Day, every year. And even this year, what we put in the middle of that was summer fun, which was something new we did with the kids, 500 kids, their families. They were in devotions and stuff at home. And then they all came uh, this weekend to the campuses, over 500 kids, 43 kids said yes to Jesus, 44 are gonna be baptized. 87 signed up for to take their next steps, which is Kid Step, which is a, what we try to do is make sure that if a child gets baptized, they know Jesus. And there are a lot of parents who get mad at us because the kids will go through baptism class and we'll say, they're not ready and mom and dad are mad because Junior wants to get baptized, but Junior thinks the Easter Bunny's Jesus' cousin. <laughs> are y'all with me? So listen, we, 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 we just try to add value. So God's doing this incredible work. Now, show me somebody that's junior, that's, that's, has joy, that's walking, and join life. Let me tell you something about them. I don't even need to know their name. They have some good relationships. Show me somebody that's negative, critical, doesn't enjoy life, doesn't have any joy. Let me tell you something about them. They don't have any good relationships. It, it's just, it is just so true. So few of us, See the benefit of relationships that we actually really work on the relationships. It's like marriage. We, many of us don't work on our marriage, and when we do work, it's too little too late. Are you with me? Because let me, let, if you're a single young lady, let me, let me give you some, some bad news. It's that when you're dating, he brushes his teeth. He takes a bath like... I mean, every day. He's not going to after you get married, but he takes a bath. He washes the car. He opens the door. Are you with me? Because it's, it's hunting season. 
and he's hunting you. Once he gets you and gets a ring on your finger and you say, I do, hunting season is over for him. Baba, listen, hunting season needs to stay open. Not you're looking for somebody else, but if you treat her the way you treat her and you're trying to get her, you'll keep her longer than you were ever gonna keep her. Are you with me? Come on. So see, we need to work on relationships, but if we work on relationships before they're broken, you'll be blessed and find God's favor is already at work. So work on them. Again, guys work during the first year of dating and then 50 years, they don't work on it. So the work of relationship is so rewarding and fruitful, not just with God, not just with your spouse, but with all your relationships, if you'll work on them. Because life is about doing life with others. It's what it's all about. Adam was there, he gifted her, he gifted him Eve. Moses was gifted Aaron. Elijah was gifted Elisha. Mary didn't do this whole thing of raising the son of God by herself. God gave her Joseph. Jesus leaves his biological fame to get his ministry. And the first thing he does is pick 12 guys to hang out with his small group. Paul was gifted Barnabas and Silas and Timothy and Apollos and all these other guys. See, there is a theme that runs through this Bible. Alone is awful, together is awesome. Are you with me? Alone is awful, together is awesome. The better your relationships, the more you'll enjoy life. Let's look what the wisest man that ever lived said, but other than Jesus, Solomon said this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls, hey, will we not all stumble? If either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion, but woe to the one who falls when there is no one, when there's not another to lift him up. If two lie down together, they keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A quarter of three stands is not quickly torn apart. See, the enemy wants you to drive people away from you, and God wants to bring people to you. That's why one of the main reasons we have small groups at this large church so that we can put people in relationships. And a lot of that happens organically, and some of it happens systematically because we understand you cannot become all God wants you to be alone. So one of our values is we grow together. And you say, but pastor, I don't have time for that. You don't understand. Well, let me tell you, when your train comes off the track, it will be too late to try to build some relationships for people to put it back on the track. While your track is on there, come on, before it's broken, work on relationships so that when it comes off the track, you don't even have to worry. People are gonna surround you and help put that sucker back on the tracks because that's what real friends do. So we have communion with the Father, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And these commandments which I'm giving you shall be on your heart, and you shall diligently teach them to your children. You want to teach your children to honor and love God first. So we have communion with the Father. We have communion with our biological family. And, and, uh, and then we have communion with our spiritual family called the church. Are you with me? And then we, so let me give you a couple of thoughts about the church and the, the, communion, the communion that we have there. Hebrews 13, seven says, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, considering the result of their conduct, watch what they do, watch how they live. And if they're, the, you see the favor, then imitate, imitate their faith. Verse 17, 
Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable to you. Can I tell you something? I've taught you thousands and thousands of pastors over almost 40 years of ministry. Can I tell you something? Most, most pastors hate ministry and would do something else if they had any other training because the people in the church make their life miserable. Can I tell you that is the opposite of what happens here? You guys make it a joy. You are incredible. We are so loved. And man, that's why I want for you what God has done for me. I want you to commune with God. I want you to commune with your biological family, your spiritual family, and I want you to have incredible friends. See, Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves when? At all times. And a brother is born for adversity. So who can you call at four o'clock in the morning when your cars broke down and they will answer the phone? Now, I didn't ask you, do you have some phone numbers? Because you got plenty of phone numbers in your phone, but who's gonna look at caller ID and see it's you at four and pick it up? Are you with me? There's not many numbers that are gonna come up on my phone at four o'clock that I'm gonna pick up. But there are some people, they call me at four. Man, listen, I'm gonna answer the phone. See, who calls you at four o'clock in the morning knowing that you'll pick up their call? Are you with me? So we try to create some safe spaces in our group's ministry. We try to help you with next steps, taking your next steps to growing communion with God and growing communion with the, with the family. And so again, we, we put effort, relational change. We put effort into God, into, his, into our family, into his church, and into our friends. Again, Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times. So now let's think about this for a minute. Come on, if you're thinking, say I'm thinking. All right, if I were to ask you to write down the five greatest experiences in your life, five great, if you just sit and think, these are the five greatest things that have ever happened to me. Let me tell you one thing that we all have in common. There are people around you. Nobody thinks of a Disney trip and thinks of being by themselves. They think of the people that are with them. So, People around you make your life better. When I was in Jennings, I had some, I mean, Chattanooga, after I got saved, I developed some great friends, but one guy I've been friends with for 35 years, his name's Chet Carney. He lives in Chattanooga. I talked to him this past week. He could call me at four in the morning. I call him the fourth morning. And it doesn't matter what he's doing when I call, if I called him, he'd be here. His daughter got married last month. I scheduled off on the weekend, drove to Chattanooga just to be there for his daughter's wedding and immediately came back for a meeting I had after church. In Jennings, when I think about my time there, Michelle and our family there, I think about Chris Schumacher. We hunted together, we spearfished in the Gulf together. We had an incredible time. I thought the Melvin Smith, who's gonna be with the Lord, he was a prayer partner. Keith Wall, who was Pastor Kyle's older brother, I talked with him yesterday. We, man, we flew planes together. We hunted ducks together. We built buildings together. Again, when you think of the greatest times in your life, somebody's around. In Knoxville, when I think of outside my, my family, I think of Josh Whitehead, that we've done ministry for 18 years together. We've had incredible experience. I think of Robert the Bruce, who is one of our elders and leads the, helps lead the prayer team. I think of you. I think of two years ago for Easter, 
18,750 people that we brought to hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus. I think, of, come on, give, come on, that's right, give Lord some praise. I think of the da- downtown for our 25th, 10,000 people celebrating. We have done some incredible things together as a family, man. And just when I look back, it's incredible. It's unbelievable. So just some practical steps to help you do this because will you agree if your relationships gets better, get better, your life automatically gets better? Would y'all agree with that? All right, so God the Father, our number one value, put God first. Develop a growth plan. If you don't have one, go to Dr. Chris Stevens and print one out.com, drchrisstevens.com, print it out. Have a, listen, walk in wholehearted devotion to God. Put God first. The, listen, the, the closer you are to God, the more he rules your life, the better your life will be. The more you surrender, the more you succeed. The more you submit, the more you will, you will absolutely thrive. So, man, make God first. Come on, make him first. Number two, your family. Listen, I pray almost every day for you that your home will be a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. And here's the deal. The spirit is easily grieved and easily quenched. Therefore, we are warned, we are warned not to grieve the Holy Spirit, that, that, there's, that the peace of God is in your home. Are y'all with me? That it's a sanctuary. The spirit of God feels comfortable like he does in heaven in your home. Romans 12, 18 says this. Some of you are not going to like this verse. It doesn't go well with, our, with this mindset that we have in America today. If possible, so far as it depends on who? On you, be at peace with all people. See, that's not how we think today. You be at peace with me, then I'll be at peace with you. You treat me right, then I'll treat you right. Are you you with me? We live in a culture who wants to be offended. I'm looking to be offended. I'm looking for somebody to hurt my feelings. I mean, I I am looking for somebody to say something to make me mad. I'm just looking for it. Does this make sense? The Bible says as far depends on you, Christ follower, as far as your responsibility, you be at peace with all. Uh, instead of blaming your spouse, you bring the peace home. Instead of blaming your coworkers, you bring the peace to work. Instead of blaming everybody else, love people that don't love you. Come on, man, bring the peace. I love it because there's a lot of people in the sound that wouldn't spit on me if I was on fire. And listen, I love when I see them. Because I know they hate me because I've read their social media about me. And I think it's so funny because they're so dumb. If you don't love me, you're not smart. And so, I'm just a good guy, Butch, come on. And so I, I'll see them. And I can see them tense up and I run for them. I grab them. I give them a hug because the Bible says you're heaping coals on their head. I love that. I grab them. That's so good to see you. How you doing? You can see them crawfishing, man, trying to get away. They're just trying to get away, man. I'm just, listen, why run from people? Run to people. Are you with me? They may have a problem. Doesn't mean you have to have one so far as it depends on you. Be at peace with all people. It makes your, it makes your relationships better. Does this make sense? What, let me, I'm a, you want to talk about having fun. When we were in Louisiana, the church split. It was horrible. Not church wasn't very big. It was 80. 40 people left, 40 people stayed. Every, now, Jennings had 10,000 people. You couldn't hide from anybody with 10,000 people. And every time I saw them, they'd change the side of the street. I just, I just matched them step for step. They'd try to get away. I just hug them, love us. So good to see you. Man, miss you, love you. 
People don't know what to do with that. They're just, listen, kill them with kindness. Treat others the way you want to be treated. So instead of sitting back waiting for someone to be your friend, how about stepping in and sowing some friendship? How about stepping in and sowing into your marriage, stepping in and sowing into God? So the church family, so we got the father, the family, biological church family, go all in. Listen, get your foot out of the pool and dive in. Go all in for the vision. Go all in for helping real people with real problems find real love. Man, get growing here. Plant in this house and grow. Plant in this house and serve. COVID stole 25% of our serving population. Now, I believe we're gonna blow past where we ever were before COVID, but the limiting factor is serving. God won't send us people that we can't love and serve and care for well. So a bunch of y'all, 1,000 people are new since COVID. It's time for you to get in the game. Some of y'all been hanging around years. It's time for you to get in the game. Where can I serve? Do what I did. When I first got saved, I did everything. I jumped in the kids' ministry. I didn't like that because I found out you couldn't beat other people's children. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. I didn't care if they beat mine. I needed it. Are you with me? Then I started working with kids and I found out parents don't care if you beat their students. So I love that. I sang in the choir. I went to visitation. I taught RAs. I did all these things trying to find out where I fit. Does this make sense? Get put some holy sweat in, find where you fit, where you love to serve, and you will be closer in communion with this family, with your friends. Be a friend other people can count on, and then you will find out you'll be able to count on others. Because God said, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. For I was saved, I was a taker, I was a user, I was self-centered, it was all about me. When I got saved, God flipped the script. And he said, in Philippians, consider others as more important than yourself So we flipped the script, and I did not, listen, here's the answer to the question I began with is I began to consider others more important than me and serve others, I had no idea the blessed life that I would walk in. I had no idea the blessed life. Because God said you reap what you sow, but you reap later than you sow, and you reap more than you sow. So as I served a little, I got a lot. As I loved, come on, that love came back to me, pressed down, shaking together and running over for the same measure that you meted out, it was gonna come back to you. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. So here, man. So it doesn't matter where you're at on this, this, this continuum, this community continuum. Maybe you feel like you are the blessed, most blessed person and you really are God's favor. Hallelujah. You've got great relationships, but maybe you're here and you feel all alone like nobody loves and cares about you. That makes you easy pickings for the devil. And because and the devil wants you alone, God wants you surrounded by people that love you. And you say this, but Pastor, you understand nobody loves you. No, you don't understand. Nobody loves me. Listen to me respectfully. The Bible's right and you're wrong. God said, I love you. We love you and we want you. So suck it up, buttercup, and join in there with us because we love you. You say, you don't, know how must, you don't know how messed up I am. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If you knew the thoughts I thought, 
You'd never let me be your pastor. We're all jacked. That's why we needed a savior. That's why we needed forgiveness. Jesus said, he that would lose his life for my sake will gain it. Give your life away to others. Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls on the earth and dies, it abides alone. I never got that. But if it buries, it resurrects and produces an incredible harvest. Listen, plant your life in others. Quit being afraid. I know you got burned before. I've been burned. I still get burned. Are you people leave this church? Come on, 1,500 people left after COVID. I can sit around and suck my thumb and talk about how terrible it is, but God's favorite doesn't get to do that. I'm too blessed to be depressed. Life is incredible. And listen, it's nothing compared to what's going to be in heaven. Holy moly, my mercy. So campus pastors, there's some people ready to meet Jesus, and there's some people ready to find a group and build relationships. So you guys... We love you. Take it away. We'll see you guys next weekend. All right, pal, and God behind bars, men and women online. We had to take a second break there so that they can cut the camera because we got all volunteers that push buttons and we got to help those volunteers push buttons. And, uh, and so uh, now it's us. Maybe you're here and you're surrounded by messed up relationships. You say, Pastor, I... I wish I was like you, but my relationships are messed up. Or maybe you say, you know, Chris, I don't remember the last time I felt close to God if I ever did. I got incredible news. Jesus came to the world 2,000 years ago, not to start a new religion. There was already too many 2,000 years ago. They just suck. Jesus said, I came to build a bridge to heaven so you can know God forever. You see, that's religious, not if it's true. And there's a bunch of us believe it's true. We're all in. We staked our life on it. Jesus, his half-brother, who did not believe that he was the Messiah until he rose from the grave, said this in James chapter 4, verse 8. Move your hearts closer and closer to God, and he will come closer and closer to you. Make sure that you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. So if you're ready to step into a relationship, heaven's open. Heaven's open. And can I tell you, man, I've walked with the Lord now for almost 40 years. It's better today than it's ever been. It's sweeter and fresher than it's ever been. Been married to Michelle 38 years. It's better than it's ever been. Didn't know it could get so good. Listen, when you have God relationships, life's just better. So if you're ready to open the door, the head's bowed and eyes closed, I'm gonna leave this in a simple prayer. So pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I know we're separated. It's my fault. But you want me. You died for me. You rose from the grave. I want you. Your forgiveness for my sins. Your adoption into your kingdom. Help me grow in all my relationships.